deeper and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am. I'm really grateful to Dan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience. To condense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head, um, this workshop was really helpful. And welcome to another episode of 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest today calling in from Reno, Nevada is CJ Keenan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we're excited to have you here. And Nicole is going to read a short bio about you. So the audience has a little bit of understanding. And then we're going to get into the real stuff. Go ahead, Nicole. CJ and Melissa Keenan are CFO and CEO of an international intimacy coaching company, helping the top 1% learn to access polarity in marriages and relationships through their feminine and masculine power to create intimacy that transcends. Melissa is a USA Today best-selling author and keynote speaker and the go-to expert on intuitive relationships serving the heart of the high business profile woman to experience pleasure through the feminine without limits. CJ received his MED in educational leadership and has led the coming generation through education for the last six years. He has held is skilled at helping men tap into their sacred masculine to lead more fully in their lives and relationships to create more of what they want. Their family of six love to garden and play their hobby ranch in Northern Nevada and love to adventure and explore the world. Welcome to the show. Well, CJ, that's quite a repertoire the two of you have, right? Yes, yes. We were very grateful for our journey to be where we're at. That's so awesome to see couples, you know, working together in a unity like that, you know, for the outcome of the whole, which is really awesome. And working as that relationship, you know, coach, because, you know, communication isn't always the simplest thing, especially when it's someone <laughs> that you're working with and living with and raising a family with and doing business with, right? Yes, very true. It adds so many different layers when you're doing all those different things together. And, and we don't always get it right the first time, that's for sure. Well, you know what? That's why you can practice, right? Exactly. <laughs> so when you're working with your clients and, and, and working in that, obviously, the communication, you know, package part of it in relationships, you know, when, do you work with singles? Or do you work with couples only? How does, how does that work? So we, we like to do both. We like to work with couples specifically, uh, but we'll work with single individuals as well. And it just kind of depends where people are at. We're willing to meet them where they're at and see what their needs are and help them out. But typically we like to work with couples or people that are in a marriage or in a serious relationship to kind of take that to the next level and maybe help them. We don't like to think of ourselves as like, hey, it's a last ditch effort to do this. We're more of, hey, we're doing well, but we want to get to the next level in our lives. We want our intimacy to really be deeper than what it was before. 
You know, that is so nice because sometimes we start taking each other for granted, right? And just kind of, you know, let things just kind of go. And all of a sudden, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, what, what the heck has just happened with my life, right? Yes. I, I love how you phrase that because that's where we were at and that's where we've been today is recognizing, wait a second, we were in this place where we wanted to take it to the next level. We were getting comfortable. We'd found something amazing, but we wanted to get it even further and even deeper. And so now we live our lives so much more exciting and fulfilled because it's so much more intentional and it's become an everyday practice for us. And now it's become secondhand and it's just beautiful. We live every day to the fullest and it's just a dream that we have. I like that word that you said, intention. Can you dwell a little bit on intention and how that works when you're, you know, when you're in a relationship, right? Because I think some, that that's something that too many people hear, you know, I mean, you have an intention when you want to do a meditation, you have an intention when you want to start a new job, you have an intention, but an intention in a relationship, how does that look? You know, this is so, it can be so tricky and it's so different for different couples and how it actually looks and works. And that's where it's nice for us. We've developed what works for us. And we can take that and apply it to other people because it's not just saying, okay, here's my word or here's my intention and hoping that you remember that when things get difficult. But it is oftentimes saying, hey, I'm going to invest into my relationship and setting time aside on a weekly basis or semi-weekly basis to talk about things and just get real and be raw. And that's something that we do even on a daily basis. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. That's what I think a lot of people are afraid of is, oh, if I need to fix something or to get to the next level, it's gonna take a lot of time and effort. But really that intention is just being real and raw and vulnerable and showing up really present with each other, not so much worrying about the future or getting caught on the things in the past, but just being fully present with one another in the difficult things you're facing together and individually and just supporting and loving each other is really the best thing I've seen to really get intentional is just being present in the moment. I like that present in the moment, you know, which is sometimes we forget about, you know, and sometimes it can be kind of scary when the other person like kind of <clears throat> upsets you or, you know, just kind of like, like punched you below the belt, so to speak. Right. And you're like, oh, is this intentional? Well, what do I do about this? Do I just like pretend it didn't happen? Well, you can't do that because if you do, it eats away at you. Right. And then it's like, oh my gosh, now I got to like blurt it out. And how's it going to sound? Are they going to finger point at me? You know, so you got all these crazy things because your brain just starts going off, you know, in avenues that sometimes you don't even want to, you definitely don't want to be in this head. I'll tell you that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can relate, yes. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's interesting that you say that. So when there is a conflict, you know, whether it's minor or major, how does one bring that up? You know, and, and obviously you got to have that communication that, hey, you know what, when 
when something happens and it creates a conflict for me, I'm going to bring it up and, and to be able to just then what have that conversation, right? And, and not passing blame or anything, but just say, hey, you know, be able to express, you know, this hurt me. I don't know if it was intentional, but, you know, right? So how, how does that look when you're working, you know, you know, as a couple yourself, but also when you're working with other clients, how do you help direct them? to start those open lines of communication. Yeah, that's, we go to a lot of other professionals that have been doing this for much longer than we have even to get their wisdom. And we take it, we just apply it in our own way. And we start off with taking a look at the stories, like you said, getting into your head and seeing what is the story that you're actually telling yourself. And then we break that down and we see what's actually happening versus what you're telling yourself. And what is that person's intention versus what do I think their intention is? What is my story telling me what that they're trying to do? And I can give you a great example is just the other day, growing up, I felt like I was forced to play the piano. I was like, oh, poor me. And so our kids are doing piano lessons. And so I felt like our kids, they need to practice piano every day and they need to do it. That was my experience. And I wish I would have done better. We just had a conflict, my wife and I, and just how we were thinking about it. And at the end of the day, we're sitting in the car talking about it. And she's like, well, no, I think this. And I think that, and we were able to just sit there and kind of go back and forth for a minute. And we did, and things started to get heated. And then we can just change the way we're talking. And we say, you know what? The story I'm telling myself is that you don't care about what I think or that what the kids need is more important than what I need. And so we just start breaking it down that way. And that's how we help people to see, well, wait a minute, you don't have to attack each other because really you're trying to protect yourself. And that's what's happening when you're attacking somebody else. And so we can help people to see what's the story that's happening. What's all this other stuff they're making up. And it becomes, we turn these situations into very connecting emotional interactions that just become so beautiful and powerful because we can realize wait a minute this person loves me and cares about me they're not intentionally attacking me or trying to take me down or hurt me in any way and we can just really connect and there's a lot of times we've ended up just kind of laughing about things or it leads to great connecting sex as well there's just so many different avenues and routes that it can go and i know people get oh do we want to talk about those things but it can be such a powerful thing emotionally physical intimacy and the intellectual intimacy as well and getting on the same page as parents it just becomes so much more powerful and so those are some of the things that we do is breaking down the story really connecting and listening and being vulnerable with each other and remembering that we're not out to get each other we're in it together you know i i like that we're not in it to get at each other we're in this together you know i i like what you said about having to play the piano when you were a kid. And obviously, you didn't like it. But, you know, you did it because you need to make your parents happy and whatever, you know. So we do things as kids. And and a lot of times we live vicarious through our children. And I can go back at a time when I was little, um, I was the second oldest of 11 kids. So there wasn't a whole lot of bicycles or anything like that, right? And dad would always get a bicycle, you know, pick it up from a, a, a farm sale or something, right? And 
and you learn how to become a mechanic really fast, right? Make that thing work. But the thing was, is like, when, when I had my children, it's like, I always wanted a new bike. And so one year for Christmas, I got all three of my kids a brand new bike. And my biggest wake up call was, is none of them really could care less whether they had a bike or not, you know? And I think that was probably one of my biggest wake up calls. It's like, oh my gosh, I am trying to give myself gratification through my children, giving them what I think they want, because that's something that I wanted. Oh my gosh. So when you're in this conversation like this, are you finding that, you know, all of a sudden things from your, from your childhood, especially that start to come up and start to interact in uh, maybe? Yes, absolutely. So we see this not just with things coming up from your childhood, but things coming up from previous relationships. Even if it's just being back when you're in high school, I've had stuff come up. My wife's had stuff come up as we've done the work of just a fling with somebody in high school or memories back to even middle school. My wife's got an incredible memory, of course. She remembers everything. And so back to middle school, she has things come up and it becomes another point of being able to connect, but absolutely. And I love what you're saying about how we look for our own gratification. And sometimes that comes from things in the past, but that's also where we find a lot of our conflict and challenges is things that we faced in the past as well. So it's important when we work with couples, we don't just do it together, but we also take time to work with the people individually as well. So I'll work with the husband and my wife will work with the wife as well to make sure we're managing some of those things that come up for them individually. And then we bring it together. And that's what makes it so much more powerful too. It's not just the one-on-one -on -one coaching or just the couples coaching, but we do it together and it really accelerates the process of being able to understand each other and connect and experience real intimacy and take things to the next level. Yeah, I like that idea because it's, it's so true what you're saying that we have all these hidden agendas from our childhood. And again, was that story real or was it something that you made real? Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's often it is. It's just something we make up for ourselves. And, and I, something else you brought up too, I was thinking, wow, that's so important to distinguish. I know for myself, there's times I do it out of gratification for the things in the past, but then I've learned to really analyze things that I've learned from. I see other relationships with my parents had. It was amazing. They weren't able to make it work, but they've been able to make things work since then. And some are still on their, on their journey. And it's just a beautiful thing. And I can just learn from those experiences. And that's what we really like to do is just help people to see not only where they're trying to gratify themselves from the past, but also where they can learn from the experiences they've had or that other people have had in their lives that have had an influence on their relationship now too. Yeah, there's just so many interactions, wow. intertwinings, and especially now, on, I mean, look at the internet. Hey, you're exposed <laughs> to way more than anything before, right? Yes, and, yes. Oh, my gosh. And, and movies and It becomes so overwhelming. And, yes, there's so much. My wife and I, I mean, we've been through counseling and therapists and life coach, and we've done it all. And we look back like, man, I wish we would have found us now back then <laughs> there's just so much stuff like you said and there's just so much more and we know we're not right for everybody but we know that 
we can really make a difference for people because of where we're at now. It's just so beautiful. And it's just, we live our dream. It's just fantastic. Yeah, right there's the magic word. We live our dream. And you know, if you could help only one person, it was worth the whole thing. But obviously you're helping more than one person, which is really awesome. Because again, when the children can actually watch the parents grow and communicate like that, it's going to make a way much better place for humanity and everything else as life goes on, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing too, seeing the impact. First, the most important thing for us is in our home. And then from there, we can go out to the others. And that's, you have to be, you have to be able to lift somebody up to where you're at. There you go. Lift you, lift, lift them up to where they need to be and where you're at. And every time you lift someone else up, you lift your, yourself higher. So, right? Yes. Yep. CJ, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, Nicole's going to have some other questions for you. Deeper and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am as a person. Thank you, Pam, so much. I just uh, am changing as we speak. Dense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head. Um, this workshop was really helpful. I'm really grateful to Pan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience, and his ability to help us all in our spiritual path. Welcome back to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest, CJ Keenan, calling in from Reno, Nevada, has been sharing some really amazing things about communication and really started to understand relationships and being able to bring things together on a different perspective. And now Nicole has got some questions for you because she wants to know what your backstory was. So Nicole? Take it away. You know, it is it is a great conversation. And just listening to everything that's going on and seeing the gleam in your eyes when you talk about this subject, when you talk about your wife, when you talk about your family. And there's being an energetic reader, I can see that the truth in that. And I love that. I love looking at, I just took a sneak peek on your website and saw the beauty in the pictures, the romance that the photographer captured. Of course, they can't capture that true nature unless it's there. And you're, it, they're amazing pictures. They're just the, the holding, the side-by-side, -side, the giggling in these beautiful pictures to see where you two are at now and how you're meant to be. It's just, it's just glorious. How did you get here? I mean, they're, they're, was obviously something that you needed to do to see a counselor. And, and it, for many, it's hard to talk about. But what brought you to this point that you two became so passionate to become the counselors that you two needed? Uh, I guess I've got a couple of key stories here. I look back to when we met in college. And it was just so beautiful. I was the cute guy in the back, checking out the cute chick in the front. And it was something that we had a mutual friend that would sit in the back with me. And we were just, next thing I know, we're head over heels. And she was absolutely perfect. She couldn't do anything wrong. 
and she thought the same thing about me and we get married and we're like wow this is amazing holy cow but they're not as perfect as they were and that was kind of how we started off and we were both very much so in our masculine feminine energy when we were dating so I definitely assumed the role of you know paying for things and just the traditional things what we think of and that's how we entered into our relationship it was just beautiful when we first got married but within the first couple of months we started realizing well wait a minute we don't have these perfect ideals of each other anymore so I remember specifically being in the married student housing and doing classes together and my wife would harp on different things of like well you need to do this you need to do that or you're not doing this well enough and I started just feeling like I just wasn't enough and so I didn't continue to be that strong masculine energy and in that space for our relationship and even for myself as well and at the time I was struggling with my own addictions and challenges as well as her herself and there were some things we talked to each other about and there's a lot of things that we didn't though because we didn't know how to we didn't know what to say and if we did say it we were both devastated by it and it was just so hard and it hurt so much. Fast forward another seven years and things start coming to a head. And I remember it was on my birthday. I was so excited. I had this whole idea planned. We pull up to the park and picture the park sitting on the bench. And I'm just so excited. It's my birthday and I've got all these things in mind. And she just is not saying much. And she looks over to me and she says, I think, we need to separate and actually I'm kicking you out and I remember just being like on the bench at the park in the evening the sun's going down and it's just like wait what did you say so like are we not going on the date and <laughs> but does that mean I cannot be at home tonight and she's like yeah I was like okay so I remember leaving from that moment and calling my dad and I remember sleeping on his couch that night very vividly and for the next six months and so that was one thing for us. It just really brought us to this head of like, are we going to make this work or not too? It's kind of this crucial moment. And having three kids at that time, we're like, we're going to make this work. We're going to do it. But of course we didn't say it like that. <laughs> like, I hate you, but let's keep going here. And there's so much pain. And, but finally it brings us to the moment of, we went to counselors because I had my addiction stuff that finally it was just too overwhelming. We couldn't do it on our own. Same with my wife, with her addictions and with my struggles that just like, we just can't do this anymore on our own. And so that's what led us to start looking outside of ourselves to get the extra support that we needed and realizing, well, if we're going to make this work, we can't do it on our own. Right. And it's, it's that moment where you're asking for help, that moment to be vulnerable and as hard as it was, at least she saw that your wife had seen that, hey, this isn't working. And she was able to say it's not working and to verbalize that. And I think so many times it's hard to verbalize things, especially when we're in pain. And the emotions, we're, we are emotional beings and we're supposed to have emotions and people forget that, especially in relationships because we get comfortable. And, you know, whether it's, negative emotions and yelling and screaming are just allowing that pattern to continue and allowing that cycle to go forth because it worked and you were able to let it be. And if 2020 has taught us anything, 
We can't let, let that happen anymore. We can't walk with our blinders or allow others to say, okay, it's all right. Maybe it's not all right. And you have to speak that. And that's, you know, a lot of that shadow work. It's deeper, deeper, deeper than just that inner child moment of that one time that somebody said or did something. It's that fragmentation of those parts and pieces of a lifetime of of what we learned for ourselves and the patterns that we keep developing. And, you know, good for you to say, hey, let's do this for us. Let's do this for our children, you know, and to move forward with this. And it's brought you to this happy place where you can be okay and authentic with it. And I, I think that, that sometimes I, I believe watching other people, um, you know, how they react to one another, of course, my background being security and law enforcement, to watch people get to that nasty point where they're bickering and fighting and kind of duking it out. And it's like, how do you not get there? How do you not get to that point? And that's what you're here to share is to say, hey, what? You know what? We need to forgive and we need to move on, but we don't need to hide from it. And I think it's that mask that we pretend. And sometimes it's not always good to stay in that relationship. I know for myself, and this goes into the next question, is I had to leave a 12-year relationship recently. And it was the longest relationship I had in my, my life. It was a very comfortable and loving relationship at first. And I had gone to see before I, I was able to go into this relationship and allow myself to commit, was I had seen a couple uh, a husband and wife who were very loving, they were tantric counselors. They were yogic instructors and tantric counselors. And it taught me, even as a, as a woman going in there myself into this group, was to realize that I can open up myself to the pleasure of love and to the pleasure of, of being with someone to know that there's not just a comfortable touch, but there's a loving touch, and loving embrace, and a sensuality in a relationship that keeps that relationship alive. It brings you a new taste on food, or working out, or going out uh, camping, or being in the sunshine with one another. And the physical, the ability to have a physical relationship and some people don't, like you said, don't want to have that loving relationship or really talk about the physical relationship. It's very part, um, important because we're physical beings. We need, uh, excuse me. We need to fulfill that. How have you two learned to bring that in, that, that physicality and that sensuality back into your life and just be fulfilled by that? Ooh, the key word you're saying there is fulfilled because uh, all through those first seven years it was so challenging we still would be physically intimate and close with each other but it was just it was just a different energy and how is it's so it's so special and i pause to reflect on what to share because it's something that is something so special to us and has become sacred and we don't talk about it lightly because it is so valuable and important and such a key part of relationships that last is that physical intimacy. One of the things that we've really done is just being super open and vulnerable. And we've gotten to the point where we can share 
stuff with each other that we see that most couples are afraid to share with each other, whether it's fantasies or thoughts or dreams, but we do it well within the bounds that we've established as well, knowing that there are things that we absolutely will not do. And we're not going to bring other people into our relationship, but we can have wild thoughts or dreams or fantasies or whatever. And we can talk about it and connect and know like we are safe where we're at. And that's the biggest thing in creating this masculine feminine space where we can hold those containers for each other to really open up, be a hundred percent vulnerable, share the things with each other that we know it's a safe and sacred space. And then we can connect and we can try different things and experiment different things physically. And there's times where it didn't work. And so we found other ways to connect physically. And sometimes there was no physical connection. It was just like, hey, we just need that space. And so we found other ways to do that with that intimacy. I remember sitting on the couch playing Scrabble because I was like, you know what? I just can't do this right now. It's not gonna work for me. And so we would say, okay, well, what can we do? We play Scrabble or we play chess or we watch a show together but we do it in a way that we would talk about it and we would connect and it wasn't just getting lost into a show, going to sleep and then getting up and going on with the next day. And so that's really important is make sure, making sure you're maintaining that connection. And we do a lot of stuff with our energy too, you know, just connecting that energy, um, putting our heads together, our minds together. And there's just some other beautiful energetic things that we do too. I love that you talk about putting your heads together because there was a pose to just, even in a relationship uh, in some of these classes, to put your heads together and connect as you're sitting and just holding each other's hand to establish connection even with other people, to learn that, that there's a comfort and a trust. And that brings me to the point where even when you say playing Scrabble, you know, even if people cook dinner together, that passion and that touch and that intimacy, I believe, starts farther, farther and farther from just that physical intimate moment um, yes. with one another. It's, it's how you look at each other or how you sit across the room. And sometimes it's just glancing at each other and, and giggling with each other at something that you know that, that it's that little tell that that your your lover has or that that little giveaway in their eyes of how they're feeling and what they're thinking and how you know that and that that brings the comfort and the ability uh availability to open up to one another even further if you can do that so that the bedroom is not just um you know a game in a sense that it it is you're holding it over one another you know, that, that it's not, you know, just that, um, but it's more than that. And it's a beautiful, rewarding uh, part of your life and a beautiful moment. And you can share that, you know, and, and that's what makes the strength, I believe, there. You know, it's always either people talking about intimacy or money a lot in energy work. It's that development of that. Well, what's your connection? And sometimes they have to do with one another in those relationships if we're not open and, and bringing the couple together. And I love that you say you have the safety and the boundaries and you have that secure container and the ability to play around or to say, hey, just not right now. And that's okay. Um, you know, and 
sometimes you can, you can tell by the person's physical reactions to one another, to, to you because you've been with someone for so long that you know what that next play is. And that's the fun of it because you're open and you're honest. It becomes more like a, sometimes like a, a part of a Shakespeare play where you're out in, you know, you're out in the sun and you're, or you're out in the forest and you're having fun and you're just having a good time and you want to sing your heart, right? And you're, you're bringing that forward. It's beautiful. I love that. And, you know, because it's, it's so, for me, it's, it's so coming from a broken home. This is where we need to know that it's not the Cosbys or missing from the crazy life of married with children with that crazy life at home all the time to the Cosbys. How do you find that or even be better than that, right? How do you have that great, perfect life and know that our, it's our imperfections that bring it through? And thank you for sharing that with us today and, and the strength in that. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring Beverly in because I know she's got so many more questions for you. Well, thank you so much, CJ, for sharing your story and, and a lot of these intimate things because they're, they do make you vulnerable, you know, it's, it's touch and go. And some people would be embarrassed and some people would be nervous, you know, so there's all, again, <laughs> that array of emotions, right? But thank you so much for sharing with the audience, because to be able to hear that, and that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on 360 Wisdom Speaks here, is that this is all about real people being real, to be able to help others move beyond something that has them stuck, shall we say, right? Regardless, like we talked earlier, regardless of what that story is. And to be able to share that there is a way out, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but it takes two to tango and it takes two to fix it. And yeah. you got to be able to communicate and, and not point fingers and just be able to be that expression of whatever it is. You know, yell, scream, cry, laugh, whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Because absolutely. in the end, it's real, right? Yes, it has become real for us, which has been special. And that's yeah. what we hope to have everybody else accomplish is that it becomes real for them too. You know, and like Nicole was mentioning, I mean, you just glow. You, you just glow. And that is what makes this so real. You know, and to be able to have that and be able to find that, and each and every one of us can find that. But I'm going to ask one more thing of you, if yeah. you don't mind. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you share three things with our audience that they could start to incorporate in their life as soon as they finish listening to this show? that may start to make a different open line of communication, shall we say, with their partner or whether it's, you know, and maybe not even a partner, but with their children, you know, open some lines of communication to start to have that realness begin to be a part of that leads to that fulfillment and that joy and that living the dream as you put it 
Yeah. The first thing I would say is put yourself out there. Be willing to take a risk. And I know this might not be the thing that works for everybody, but for many, this can be something that can have an impact to start to make a shift in that energy of the relationship. So it could be putting your heads together, talking to your spouse and be like, you know what, I just want, can we do some eye gazing? You know, just take a moment and sit down with your spouse, your partner, and just look into each other's eyes for 30 seconds. And that's one of those times where time just slows down. 30 seconds feels like forever, but it can be really fun. We've done that with couples and they start to giggle and laugh and it just becomes a really connecting thing. Uh, something else you can do is also take that time to dance to a song that's special to you. That's a lot of fun too. So that would be my first suggestion is just find something that you haven't done for a while that you really connected with or do something that's maybe a little bit vulnerable and put yourself out there to do that. The next thing I would say is start writing to get out of your head. Start writing some of the things down that you're thinking, that you're worried about, some of your fears or whatever it is and start to take a look at the commitments you made when you first got in a relationship versus what you're writing down. You know, start to see, wait a second, our mind is automatically starting to come up with these other stories that maybe don't really align with the person that I'm with. It's like, they, they wouldn't do that. Like we talked about earlier, they wouldn't do that intentionally to hurt me. And uh, that, that could be happening, but most of the time we've seen that, oh wait, we create these stories that aren't really there. So I'd say write some stuff down and start to really evaluate. Is this really what's happening or is this the story I'm telling myself? And I think the third and final thing I would recommend to do is, ooh, I think to just take time for yourself. Do something for you. Don't worry about whatever everybody else is thinking or what their judgments might be, but take some time for yourself to take care of yourself and just love yourself because it's really hard to love somebody else if you're not taking care of you and loving yourself first. Wow. That is so true. So, so true because it all starts with the self, right? And it all ends with the self. So having that open line of communication with yourself, I like that idea of writing things down, you know, and sometimes, you know, if you're not much of a writer, you know, record it. And then listen to yourself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is an eye opener. <laughs> yes, I know you have a lot of experience, especially doing the podcast. Yes, absolutely. That can be a very powerful tool. It can be a very powerful tool because you know, when when you begin talking to yourself, and I, I teach my clients to do that, it's like when you think a thought, it is way different. Then when you speak that thought and you hear that thought, you want a good laugh? Oh my goodness. You'll have the best laugh of your life because those thinking thoughts are definitely not even closer related to the actual speaking and hearing what those thoughts are all about. Oh, CJ, this has been such a treat here today. Thank you so much for sharing with us and say hello to the wife and the kids and go out there, enjoy your weekend and go swimming, have birthday parties, whatever it is. Enjoy this day and thank you so much for bringing such an array of sunshine and energy into our lives today. Thank you so much, Beverly Nicole, for the opportunity. It's been beautiful.
deeper and deeper into my soul, into who I was, to the point where I could really understand who I am. I'm really grateful to Dan for his skill set, his empathy, his experience. To condense it into actionable pieces that I could fit the whole thing in my head, um, this workshop was really helpful.